On today's episode of the Mean Lot and Drunkards, it's time for an intervention for Bundy. He did something over the weekend we must, must address. Uh, the tribe introduced a new big name minor league signee. We'll talk about him and what he could bring to the lineup if he makes the team. Also on this podcast, we will talk about the money that Lindor and the years he could get coming up when he becomes a free agent in a couple years and what have these recent deals with Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado set the floor, set the table for him in his negotiation situation? It's the return of takeaways. We'll talk about our most controversial takes and debate them. I'm sure Bundy will have a lot to say with that. And to finish the show, we will dive into the defensive side of the ball for the Browns, specifically a big name in this year's draft, wants to play alongside Miles Garrett. We'll talk about him and a lot more coming up. But for that, take it away, Hammy. A swing and a pop-up. First base side foul ground playable. Perez, Santana, Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. And Cleveland, for the sixth time ever, you will have a World Series. Colquitt Asimov, you're ready. This is to win it. Snap is back. Ball down. The kick on the way. Line drive. The kick is good. With two seconds left in overtime, the Browns have won it! A line drive that almost had yellow paint on it as it went over the crossbar! 18 strikeouts for Corey Kluber. Blew it right by him. Here we go. Fourth down and 10 at the 50-yard line. In the backfield, Booker will be the running back. On the left hip of Keenum, two receivers right, two left, Lacoste in motion. On fourth down, Keenum waits, takes the snap, he bobbles it, stumbles, he got hit, he got sacked! He got sacked! Peppers! Peppers got him! He got him! Peppers got him! Pour a little pepper on it! The Browns are going to win it! Today is Monday, March 4th, 2019, episode 6. We're calling this one, The Floor is Ready for You, Mr. Lindor. We'll get to that in the second segment, but just to start off, Bundy, this the beginning of this segment is all focused on you. I just want you to come right out, get out of the way, swallow whatever you're eating or chewing on right now, and give it to me. What am I talking about, and how do you defend yourself? Before I even get into it, I want you to just come out and make your stance. On what? About what? You know what I'm going to talk about. What are you talking about? <laughs> because... We're recording this on Sunday, obviously, so we're talking about Saturday night, and it, it, it's typical you. Hey, it's wait, it's wait, typical wait, wait. you. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. That was Saturday night. We have issues, though, for Tuesday night to get to first. That's not, what, what, that's no, not an one, issue, though. One step at a time. That's yeah, a, but Tuesday first. Let's, let's be chronological. Okay, I, yes, I, I understand. Uh, you can Tuesday mention that, first, but, no, but, uh, what, but what issue? We're talking about prevalent issues. That was just an event that happened. Well, that's an important event we got to talk about. Well, okay, but that doesn't have the implications of you, and I'll get into it right now. You don't make plans. You kind of throw stuff out there that you might do it tonight, and then you text somebody 30 minutes before you want to do it, say, hey, can you come pick me up? So not only did you call me to come pick you up, you then wanted me to drive you to campus. You and then this said female that we went out with also wanted me to start drinking too, which means I can't drive home, which means I have to leave my car downtown, which means then I have to then Uber home, and then we had to Uber to all the different bars we wanted to go to. We had about four different Ubers during the night, and it was just a complete blank show. I had fun. I I know you did, because you know what? This is the second time I've ever seen you this drunk, <laughs> because I know, because you start dancing. 
You got into the middle of that circle, that dance circle. We'll tweet out the video from the show. Uh, no, 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 you won't. Uh, later this week. No, it's happening. It's <laughs> happening. But I, I just want you to explain yourself. Like, could you ever have normal plans, or is it just this? Like, that is a normal drop plan things for and go. <laughs> that, that, yeah. is, well, well, that is well, typical Bundy. To my defense, you've been asking to go out for the past three weeks, three weekends. I said, I told you, let's go out Saturday night. I'm free to go out Saturday night. We have, I have the, I have the charity event, which shout out the charity event, raised a ton of money for that event, so that was fun. I was like, let's go out after the event. And you guys said, were okay. already liquored up at it. Hey, that's... <laughs> well, how do you think you get people to donate so much? Yeah, come on And now. to protect the lady's identity, we won't be using her name on this podcast. That's Anybody fun. we refer to, we won't use their name. All right. But you two were both liquored up by the time I got there. So I knew I was either going to be babysitting or I was going to be joining along, and it was going to make for a long night. You joined along. It was a good I night. did. That, that is a smart choice to okay. make. That was a smart choice. There's twofold. Okay, first off, that happened. Then we let said person choose where we want to go to the bars, and it was the most boring thing ever. I am 23 years old. I don't need to be going to a bar where you're just sitting in the circle listening to Justin Bieber all night. I want to go to a bar where I can go and dance and whatnot. The only issue is, is we waited way too long into the night when I was dead tired and I was wearing boots and it didn't work out very well. I was wearing boots too. My feet's barking. I'm a big guy. <laughs> My dogs be barking, boys. You're right, but it was but like... listen, listen here. I had a few ladies talking to me at the bars. I don't know about you, but I had a lady... I had a lady talking to me on my right hand side or left hand side. Picture didn't All right, happen. To be, <laughs> to be very, very fair, you did. The only issue was is they were both they had rings on their fingers, so there was nothing coming to that. They just see you as a nice, nice guy, protective, not threatening. That's or, that's how you want to present yourself. Or is Bundy the homewrecker? Hey, 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 hey! No, but no, I, I didn't see any rings. I didn't, I didn't see anything. Oh my goodness! Well, the, could you see anything? She put her hand around you, and the hand, the ring was literally poking me in the eye when I was sitting there at the bar. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was looking at her face. I had her left hand on my shoulder. I, I mean, hey, listen, we respect all. We're, hey. we, 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 we respect marriages on this hey, podcast. You told me, you told me that she had married. I, I backed off. <laughs> I didn't know. Hey, but before she was much older than you. It was, that, it was not cool. much. Uh, Bundy has his type. She might have been like 28, 29. Nothing wrong That's with that. six, seven, almost seven years older than she's us. Minnesota. She's probably far in her career, which is what Bundy looks for. We know this. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and then there's just, you know, some no-name event that happened earlier in the week that we don't need to talk Listen, about. But it's, it's, it's Somebody okay. is bald. I won't say who, but it's not Sal or I. Yeah. Somebody got their head shaved up. You know, you guys talk about it like it's some big funny thing. Joke's on you because it's nice. It, I mean... The misconception is is you don't use a lot of shampoo. That's not true at all. It's a scalp. You still gotta clean it, but not as much. Not as much. You're right. I mean, I used about a pea size this morning. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, the only issue is it's cold out right now, so right. it exemplifies that. But you know, you save money in taking care of it, and you know, you know what? Take that. I, I am pro short hair. I had really short hair for a long time in high school. I, I am pro short hair. It's a good look for you. Listen, I think you look good with you. Now you gotta clean you up a little bit because. You don't, you're not together yet. We got to get you some glasses on there. Glasses? I have 15, 20 vision. Yeah, but you got to get some some Westbrook glasses, if you will. Bundy's got... Well, are you trying to say Westbrook doesn't have prescription glasses? I don't know. I, think, I thought he has fake glasses. See, but doesn't that kind of make you toolish? And no. I know we're not talking about sports at all in this first segment, really at all. So this is completely out of the norm for us. So honestly, we should just do two separate podcasts, one with sports and one with just life, <laughs> like a roommate's type of podcast. But... Ooh. 
Um, I like that. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, also, I wanted to dive into this topic. I actually just happened about a couple hours ago with Maureen, my mother. You know her. Uh, she came up to me and basically told me, hey, uh, person that still lives at home, we're going to give your car to your younger sister that's about to turn 16. Uh, then we're going to pay you 50 Fifty percent of the price for your new car, so you got to come up with the other fifty percent. Well, so that was some. So that was some fun news to wake up to today. Wait. <laughs> so they're buying for half your car. Yeah. So we well, uh we are uh we are looking at some SUV style cars well, Bundy, on the market right now. Bundy, didn't you just say the Model Y is coming out soon? You gotta yeah. you gotta milk Marine for all that she's worth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh it's it's one of those things. Is, it's Kind of like Bundy, it just comes out of nowhere. You don't really know what's coming from, and then you gotta adapt on the fly. With what's, how? <laughs> what's the price range looking at? Uh, it, it just depends. She saw a couple, those Mazda CT fives. No, 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 those aren't. Those she aren't. loves those. Those aren't gonna last you. What do you mean they're not gonna last you? Mazdas are one of the most long-lasting cars out there. Chevy, you need a Chevy. No, she actually said Chevys are the worst. Chevy Silverado. I brought up no, I brought up a uh, Equinox, and no, she was going. Go get a so, I don't want a truck. Go what am I gonna do with a truck? It'll go with go with your bald head. <laughs> get a good beard going. I, I I hate to break it to you, but I don't think I'm gonna make every purchase based off of my appearance going forward, Bundy. You know I what, hope you, you know what I you also, hope you accept that. You know what you also need to do is look into Highlander. Toyota Highlanders. Uh, you know what? We'll save that conversation for later. You can text up Maureen later and see how she handles that. I'm I sure will. She, I'm sure she'll clap back real fast on that. And then last thing before we get into the sports, uh Rolled up here with a Diet Coke today, but I almost, and I'm sure every guy who loves Miller Coors type of products has done this once before in their life. Uh, they accidentally grab a Coors Light instead of the Diet Coke and have taken it into work, your podcast, whatever it may be, and you look, sit there looking like an idiot. I'm sure you you accidentally grabbed yeah. one. <laughs> accidentally grabbed a Coors. Yeah, We've I, all I, had <laughs> long days. We all know how it goes. <laughs> But uh, it's just it's one of those days, and it completely fits in line with what happened last night with Bondi getting home at 3 a.m. Him crashing on my couch. Um, it was a good night. I it, mean, it I was. It was. We had we got some dancing done. It was something. Talk some talk some nice females. Well, Bundy, you need to get a video of Colin dancing as retribution. I do need to get a video of him dancing, but he won't dance. See, the problem is, is well, you gotta get we don't, broken off. That's, there's so much more to the story that we haven't even gone into. Like, we wanted, uh, I wanted to go to the campus. I think that's better. I think, you know, you're 23. Once you're, as long as you're, like, realistically 25 and below, you can do campus stuff. It just depends on where you go. Fair. Like, Outer Inn, uh, Ethel's pretty good. I wouldn't go to Midway unless if you just need cheap drinks. But stuff like that. Well, we all know that you're a big Bulls fan, though. <laughs> Why do people say that? I haven't gone there in like two and a half years. Well, because you had such a good time last time. You don't want to ruin that. Yeah, no. The last time I went there was New Year's 2018, I believe. That was I good... believe that was the last time I've ever stepped inside Sweet Bulls. Sweet home Alabama, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> All right, on to, the, on to the sports side of this podcast, because that's why people listen to this. So we want to talk about a minor league signing that the Indians have completed. Uh, it's a pretty big name. And Bundy, I'm sure you're going to recognize the name pretty well. It is the name Hanley Ramirez. The, is he 34 or 35? Uh, he is 35. 35-year-old. I mean, at this point of his career, he's, he's honestly just a DH. I don't really see him playing a lot of the field. Um, I don't know what to expect with this. All I can say on the forefront of hearing about this signing is if he does make the team, this really is 
in the end, it, it kind of helps the outfield depth. It really does because you can move Jake Bowers out into left or right field, whichever way you prefer it, and it allows you to make a guy like Jordan Luplo a platoon guy, not an everyday type of starter. And it it's more so about the depth of the team rather than your everyday starting lineup, if that makes sense, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I agree. And then plus two, it, there's no way this is going to be, th- th- this can really be a bad signing. You're only paying $1 million for a minor league deal. And then, like you said, he's just going to be DH because then uh, we, we had heard before about Carlos Santana not wanting to DH and play first base. So that's fine that we now have a DH with Hanley, assuming that he produces. Like I said, it's a very cheap contract, too. And there's a very big upside and very little downside to this signing. It's almost got that. It's not as high quality, but it's it almost if he can turn things around with him, and he played pretty well in the Dominican League late in the fall this past year, it could almost have a Mike Napoli effect, Ooh. if that's fair. Pretty- now Mike Napoli, and to be fair, he was trying to turn around his career at that point. Right, that was he was kind of at that that point where he was done with the Red Sox. He was kind of fading off, and he needed a new. New scenery, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing with Hanley Ramirez, but I mean, who's to say it couldn't be treated like that? I know, I agree. And then because uh, the way his tenure with Boston ended was uh, he played about a quarter of the season last year to start off. He wasn't doing so hot, and then the Red Sox cut him. Is that correct, Bundy? Uh, DFA. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially so the same thing. That's saying we don't want you anymore. Let's see if someone else will take you. Right. So, I mean, I feel like. As an organization, obviously, they had moved on. And then he, looking at his statistics, he only had one really good year with Boston. Uh, in 2016, he had a 2.83 war. In, the previ- in 2015 and 2017, he had a negative war. So, I mean, obviously, he wasn't producing as well, so he wasn't necessarily happy with his own production. The organization wasn't happy. So I think it's it was time for them to move on collectively. So... Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Hanley Ramirez in an Indians uniform. So, Bundy, obviously you watch so much Boston Red Sox baseball. I just want to get your quick opinion on what what are we getting with Hanley Ramirez? An old bat with slow hands. See, they're so bitter. Run, they're run so into, bitter whenever hey, someone hey, leaves their team. Old bat with slow hands. It will hit a few bombs for you, but, I mean, it's worthless, honestly. I mean, you should watch some of the tape from the Dominican League. It didn't look like slow hands to me, but. Well, yeah, listen, I'm just saying. He'll hit. He'll probably hit like 250. That's good. That's he'll, fine. That is Honestly, very, 250 is the standard he'll hit, for he'll this hit team 250 right now. 250 and probably hit uh, 21, 18, 21 home runs. Give me that every yes, day. I Are will gladly me? pay one million dollars for that and strike out over 300 times. That's fine. I mean, yeah, that's honestly, fine. that's. I mean, we got more home runs, I believe, out of Mike Napoli. But that's kind of what we got with him, is that we were going to get a high strikeout rate, but also a, a high hardball hit rate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, Bundy, what you just outlined there, I would absolutely love that. Because, I mean, like, I believe I brought this up last podcast. We have four guys that are on the team from last year that hit over 250. So, I mean, if he hits 250, then okay, he's right up there with everyone else. I mean, that's like on the high end, by the way. I could see it be like 220. Yeah, that's borderline for half of the guys on the team, too. So, <laughs> But here's the thing. is We're talking about a team that's not really full of riches in the batting side of things right now. Uh, up and down the roster, they have a couple key guys that are. But, I mean, 
this is a team that can take the risk on it because they they could really need someone that has a breakout comeback year. That's almost what that team. I mean, I looked at the starting lineup from opening day back in 2016 when Oof. we made the World Series. Marlon Bird, Juan Uribe, guys like that, that weren't going to do really anything long-term for you. But if they can provide a spark right away and propel you and get you out in front of this division in, in a hot way, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. No, not at all. Not at all. And like I said, too, it's so cheap. $1 million. Like, Thank you, Dolans, for opening up your pockets just a little bit and throwing <laughs> some coin out. We'll see how it happens, but it could backfire, just so you guys know. In what way? But that's the question is, what are you considering backfiring? Because it's such a low-risk signing. I mean, he's not even guaranteed a spot. Wait, wait, wait. All right. He makes the roster. First 30 games, he's hit 280. Okay. Okay. The the rest of the season, he bats 155. All right. And here's the thing. But you don't have that much of an investment in him that it's not really that hard to get rid of him if it was to come to that. Well, not at all. And if you're really looking for a guy that has a big bat that you know you could bring up and let him go, I mean, Bobby Bradley could be sitting there. You can elevate him from Columbus, and he would probably fill in a lot better if that was the case. Right. I mean, they're, they're not lacking the guys to fill the place, but it's just an opportunity for them to swing for the fences and see if they can strike gold on it. Right. There's no guarantee. No, I mean, no. What about what about his attitude problems? I, In the past, he's had some issues with locker rooms and. Hasn't always been the best teammate. Could that, could that affect yeah. your locker room? Yeah, there's a diff- there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. First off, I am happy to see that Francona's a, a player's manager. I mean, it's who he is. So I can see him making that relationship between everybody a lot easier, and he can smooth things out if it ever came to that. And there's no guarantee, obviously. But if if for some reason it came to that where he was a locker room person in a bad way it just goes back to the point that we were saying you can get rid of him for cheap or i don't know how much does he does he even have guarantees in his contract if he gets brought to the on to the uh mlb team uh that i'm not sure of. yeah so even if there is guarantees it's not really like it's that much well, even it is if, it is all guaranteed it's all guaranteed but even then it's like okay you lost what a million in dead money which really isn't that big of a deal it, like we said it's not that big of a risk it's just it's possibly a big reward in the end. More than anything, too, it buys the Indians time to see how guys are performing sure. at AAA level. So then, okay, say that, given the scenario that you just gave, Bundy, if he does well and then starts to tail off and then we have, as you said, like a Bobby Bradley or just someone else down the minor league level that is performing at a high level, then go ahead and call him up. I mean, you have absolutely nothing to lose with that. I love that idea because, like I said, this move alone can just bring depth to the team because now you have two guys that can play first base, and I'm not even referring to Hanley Ramirez, really. I'm referring to Bowers and Santana. They're both in the field, and they can interchange. You don't have to worry about that DH spot. It is sealed up, signed, and delivered. It's not taking away necessarily from the options at those positions. That's one way to think of it, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely like that. Well, we talked about one big name, but there's another big name waiting on the horizon, and he's going to be looking for some money here really, really soon. We'll talk about him next. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, before we go, let's all shout out the Blue Jays, Creighton Blue Jays. Knocked off Marquette today, boys. Good day for Creighton. You got that buzzer over there? You good? Hey, I let it, I let it get some love to Creighton. 
Hey, better than we'll the talk Buckeyes. about Lindor next <laughs> in segment two. The floor is ready for you, Mr. Francisco Frankie Lindor. Fellas, it's about time we talked about this because it almost seems like everybody within the Cleveland circle is going to be talking about this because the big deals coming out are the biggest news in baseball. There's no denying that. And whenever that happens, all the big names that haven't gotten their signed their their contracts yet, uh, Mookie Betts will be down the line on something like that. So, Bundy, you will be coming up on this. While your team can probably afford it, you'll be coming up on this and sometime soon. But, hey, listen, we got the money for it. No big deal. Uh, well, we got to talk about the effects of these deals. So now they're record-breaking deals. There's no... They're, they're facts. So you can't dispute it. So, like we said, Manny Machado's got 10 years, 300 mil. Uh, Bryce Harper goes to the Phillies for 13, 330. And then Nolan Arenado's 8 years, 265? Or is it 275? Uh, 280. Is it 280? Yeah, 260 280. We'll look that up. But besides the point, what the point of... Bringing up those contracts are is that it sets the floor work for what and what a talent like Lindor, who's probably the best at his position, and the entire league, setting the floor. No. No. Two sixty. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you honestly. I thought you were mouthing over there like Xander Bogarts or something. And I'm like, no, get out of here. No. Uh, but two eight years, two sixty. So relatively, that's what we. I mean. I'll give my point later on of what type of deal I would like to see the Indians offer because I know they can afford it. It's just whether the Dolans want to make that offer. But I wanted to lay this out because those deals, there's no denying it. They set the groundwork for these up-and-coming stars that are going to hit free agency with the next, I don't know, create the window from this offseason coming up through the next three, four years. It's a generation that's going to set a trend for how the money goes. Zach, what are you looking for in terms of the floor or... Not the floor, but your your general just general idea of what a deal would be like for Lindor based off of what we've seen. Well, with Lindor, he is going. He is twenty five now, and the Indians have him under arbitration for the next two years until he's twenty seven. So, with that being said, I'd like to see any anywhere between a six to ten year deal with him because I think that would pretty much wrap up his usable playing career at that point. Uh, and then as far as money goes, I'd probably expect something uh, similar to uh, somewhere in between Arenado and Harper. Just because I think with Arenado making $260 uh, million and then Harper making $330, I, I'd put I'd put Lendor around the $300 million mark uh, for 8 to 10 years. And then I think it's honestly a matter of um, how much... Lindor is willing to stay with Cleveland. Bundy, you got the big guys. What are you thinking? <laughs> I can't say that on there. I, I can't say that either. No way. $300 million. No, Dolan's not paying that. No one's paying Lindor that. Too many adequate The shorts. Rockies just paid both Charlie Blackman and Arenado. Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't the Indians do it? Who's your, who owns Indians? So you're saying it's not a matter of they... Can't, but that they won't. Yes, that's exactly what you're well, saying. There's also there's also a plethora of shortstops, but there's only one Frankie. Yeah, but there's Frankie's no Frankie's so rare hey, though. But because he's he, not he he's makes... not Nolan. He's not Nolan. What do you mean? Frankie is not Nolan. He's pretty damn close for a shortstop. Close, but not. He's not Arando. No, no. 
Have you seen Arenado splits home and away? Yeah. Not great. Have you seen his glove work? Yeah, pretty good. Have you seen Lindor's glove work? Which is pretty why, good. which is why he's pretty sitting, good. Which is why he's sitting pretty there. Pretty good. Which is why he's sitting there at eight. He has the best glove working ever. Oh, I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> hey, hot takes are segment three, Bundy. <laughs> Hey, hot, hot takes are segment oh, three. Is it getting hot in here? Or is it just me? <laughs> he's got a big oh, time man. glove with a big time bat. I understand that, but he's also playing in Colorado. That's that is why you're seeing eight years, two sixty, and he's not getting up into the three hundred range. Hey, lock him up there. He's gonna hit about thirty five home runs a year there. Give him that thin air. He's gonna hit nukes. But their biggest issue is that he can't perform outside of uh, at the level, the splits. He can't perform at that same level. They're not trying course. to win a World Series, though, in the Rockies. Then what? What are you? Okay, honestly, like, what are you trying? What are you trying to do in sports? Then are you just, oh, trying, just to, trying to sell some tickets, to, to make some money? Oh my God. Listen, if they wanted to win, if they wanted to win games, they'd invest in pitching. that one up. That is the quote of every sports podcast you'll ever hear. They're not trying to win. Listen, they're trying to make trying to make some money, trying to sell some tickets. If they were trying to win real ball games, is that they'd what go- Kansas City sold their fans when they went to back to back World Series? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> they got lucky We've with seen- their draft picks. Oh, okay. They like- drafted well for five, four years in a row and walked into a World Series back to back. Okay. And who's saying they wouldn't do that in Colorado? I mean, you can, but you're not going to, they're not investing in top tier pitching like they should be. I mean, they have- if you can't pitch, you can't win. Here's the thing, though. They don't have a terrible pitching lineup. It's just because they play in course. It's so... It's it's not to the value of what it would be in most ballparks. They have a middle-of-the-road pitching lineup. Oh, really? Middle-of-the-road. Herman Marquez. Middle, Kyle Freeland. Middle-of-the-road pitching lineup. Antonio Sensatella. Average pitching lineup. Oh, my God. They don't have a true ace. Kyle Freeland's probably going to get there. Just wait. Oh, you gotta wait for it. Now he was lucky on a lot of a lot of his fly ball rates and whatnot. He was pretty lucky on, and in course that's not going to always be the case. So I understand that. But being from what he has to deal with, he's gonna be a pretty damn good pitcher. I think he would be a top twenty pitcher. Pinky and I bet. know this is not segment pinky three. Bet. This is not segment three yet. What are, what are we pinky betting? Top twenty pitcher. Okay, here's the thing. Oh, the thing you gotta oh, learn about pinky. The, the thing you gotta the thing you gotta learn about pinky bets is that you gotta bet something that's so not possible that if it happens, it's so crazy that it would be worth cutting off your pinky. Oh my! All right, that's Back why the- Big Cat chose the Houston Texans when they were zero and three, and he said if they won the Super Bowl, I cut off my pinky. It's not on that level. All right, all right, whatever. Back to the other thing about Frankie getting three hundred million dollars. My goodness. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, no shot. I um, I honestly think the the Arenado deal is more appropriate to the guidelines of what you would try to do to get Lindor and entice him with the opt outs and uh, money is stacked at the front end of his contract. I think you guys need to wrap up Lindor before the grass gets on the other side. Right now, it's pretty good. Right now in, in Cleveland. Got good baseball going on right now. Should lock him up now instead of waiting for arbitration. Well, here's years. the thing: is it's not like they haven't tried. Well, you got to throw some more money at him. If they you came might... out, if they came out and offered Arnado's deal, do you think he would take it today? Uh, if I were him, I would. That's the best I'm gonna get. Right. That's I, the I, best I, he would get. I think so. You know what? No one's paying him that kind of. Tell me, tell me why. I'll play devil's advocate. Tell me why. If I'm him, I can't get Manny Machado's money. 
you've got one, two. It only takes one team with stupid money, like the Phillies did listen, listen, with Harper. But you've got one, two, three. You've got five legit shortstops and farm systems right now, and farm systems that can really, really ball, that can really play. And you're banking on a lot of unproven talent at that point. Unproven? These are five legit shortstops. <laughs> Legit, unproven Good idea. Okay, okay. If okay. They're, if they're Don't legit, twist Bundy, my why, damn why words because up? you know exactly well, what I mean. Hey, one of them was from Cuba. He, he just came over recently. Remember when everybody was so obsessed with Dansby Swanson? He's hitting below the Mendoza line hey, since he came up. Have you seen his glove work though? <laughs> oh my god! So he apparently the Bundy that if you just can play the field, you're worth everything. Hey, you hey gotta have if good that's defense. the case, Omar Vizquel should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hey, you gotta have great I still defense. Think should be. Yeah, well. <laughs> gotta have, have great defense. I agree, but defense wins championships. No thing with baseball is that the fact is is that it's become more of an offensive game in a lot of people's minds. That's so a mistake. The, the bat is more important. Well, that's okay. That's your opinion. No, that's fact. The general, <laughs> the general overall opinion of the baseball community is that bat is more important. Yeah, because people don't understand baseball anymore. Here's another thing I want to bring up is. Placement in the order is so important. Lindor's been leading off for the past two years now, and he's getting north of 87, 88 RBIs, almost eclipsing 90 as a leadoff batter. That's incredible. Well, that's because that's that goes to your great management style over there in Tito. He's putting guys in the bottom in the bottom lineup hey, that can get on got, base. Until we got beer and wild chickens running around, it's nothing. Listen, I can't wait for those days. <laughs> Listen, T- that Tito's, means we won a World Series, though. Tito's, <laughs> yeah, you right. Burn, burn down Progressive Field at that point. Oh I man, care. I'd be the first one. I'd light the fire. Tito's got guys hitting eight and nine that can get on base. Frankie's hitting them in. That should go as a great management. You guys, should think, be, you guys should be thinking Tito. Our seven, eight, nine has been horrendous. Yeah, think about it. Hey, they're getting on base though. It was a mixture of Robo Perez and yeah, yeah, they got on base. They got walked. They got hit. Robo Perez was getting on base at a clip of like two ten last year. Yeah. He just, played just enough to get on base so Frank hit him in. Well, Geyer uh, last year. When Bradley he- Zimmer was striking out every at bat, and then Brandon Geyer, like he was about to say. Well, Bra- listen, all right, all right. So let's play it. Put him in the three hole. Who hits one? Uh, it depends on who's starting every day. If someone like Greg Allen starting in center field, which honestly it's looking like it's not going to be, it's going to be Leonis Martin. It's those two are interchangeable. I if Greg Allen's not in the lineup, it's probably going to be Martin. Well, also too, we can't rule out Santana leading off. That's that funny is, you that, say that, that because has been, Tito has loved. Yes. He, he he did really well in that role, yeah. and then he took him out of it, and no one really understood why. Listen, having a power bat lead off is a very smart move. Let's look at. Let's let's go to the let's but go to the, the clip. issue hey, is listen. that Santana doesn't get on base. Hey, but so let's go to let's go to the clip. Let's go to the uh, Houston Astros. A guy by the name of George Springer leading off hits a ton of leadoff home runs. He's got a pretty good OBA, OBS and OPS. Yeah, he does. But he also has a lot of home runs. Yeah. Big time power bat hitting hitting leadoff. He could well, hit. Lindor hit thirty six, thirty seven. That's right? what I'm saying. That's hey, like how like having power on the leadoff spot. Santana could be that power guy. Question is, the question is, can Santana put away his ego and get walked? What are you talking about? <laughs> Santana's one of the highest walk rates in the MLB. Yeah, but actually, are you kidding me? He strikes out too. Are you kidding me? Hey, he's also chasing. Are you kidding me, Dave O'Brien? He's chasing. Oh my god. Hey. He hot, goes, hot takes are segment three, Bundy. He goes fishing sometimes, too. Here's the thing is I know he's just rambling and doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about because that quote right there is going down in history. Can he be patient? He's one of the most patient hitters in the yeah, league. Yeah, but he goes fishing sometimes, too. 
Everyone's got to go fishing I mean, every it's, now and it's, again. Statistically, yeah. Who yeah. doesn't? I mean, unless if you're <laughs> like... Bradley Jr. Unless doesn't. if you're like... Hey. Oh, stop JBJ it. JBJ doesn't He had a fishing. great final month hey, and a half in postseason. He didn't fish? He was terrible for the previous year and a half before that. Wait, he started every day, though. Oh, not we, every day. Not every day. We not are every day. very... That means absolutely what, what nothing. What does that mean? That means nothing, Bundy. Oh, Jordan Luplo's about to start almost every day for us. What's your point? Hey, Kipnis is batting a 1,000 this spring training. Everyone knows the first 10 days of spring training <laughs> sets the standard for the entire season. Does it mean... Kipnis will not get out this entire year. How much you want to bet on that? Uh, I never I, I, ever I, I, followed up on our bet. What was it like? You had to hit above two, two something. I mean, there's the line. And it was the final. No, our deal was like he had to hit above like 260. Uh, the final half of the year. I, and I, yeah. I, I don't really remember. I, I honestly forget. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it, was too, it was so bad. I just forgot about it. It was. He had. Well, it was too much to track. But yeah, yeah, no, it was he had to hit above his career average, mm. which at the time was like two sixty four. That's right, yes. For the last half of the season. And I, I don't even know. He didn't do that. No. Yeah, I don't think he did that. No. So I think I think I win. He did increase it a lot though. Well, yeah. Actually he did. But th- well, then yeah, again, it shows you how bad yeah, he was in the first ninety eight to two two forty. That's we, a big jump. There, big jump. Oh, and the Jets just scored. Just to let everybody know, Good but this is happening on Sunday, so we are—you'll already know the final score by the time you hear this. Um, but hey, here's my ideas: the way you got to in, intrigue Lindor and his agent is, I believe, you got to front load a lot of the money, and you have to provide opt-outs. Right. No, and also too, Lindor's only making with his arbitration. So this year, he's only making ten and a half million. If you give him a good enough contract now, obviously he can sign, he can be making more money now, and then like you said, front load it, so that's even more money, which honestly I feel like is a very good incentive to stay anywhere. Bundy, what do you think his average annual value would be yearly if you're you're picking the ideal contract for him? Not even talking about years. What is his AAV? He's got to be around twenty one to twenty three. Okay, so you're putting him close to the range. He's not getting up to the 260 number you're talking about. Yeah, no, he's with Arnauto, but I mean, he's just he's a little north, probably or a 19, little south. Probably 19 to 20, 22 would be where I put him at. So, and then it depends on what years you want to put behind that, but that's 20 for eight. I don't know. Do the math in your head. It'd be like we're doing stupid math. <laughs> yeah, like anywhere from 210 to 225. Does that sound about right? Yeah. So. Then here's the next question: Is you're talking average annual value around 20 mil a year? Their current payroll sitting at around I don't know. Last time I looked, it was in the 80s. So you're almost getting 25 percent of your payroll coming from one guy. Would Dolan? I know it's a dumb question to ask, knowing how he handles himself. But would he even be willing to consider something like this? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The payroll is 80 million dollars right now, right? Yeah, okay. How so much are they paying Lindor right now? You're right. So they're paying him about 10.5. So yeah, add another 15 million. Yeah, so add another... T- you would add another 10. 10 to 15. 10 to 15. Worth it. Honestly, it would be. He's, he's, he's the face of your franchise. And not only that, here's the biggest thing that I know that the Dolans love, is not only his on-the-field play, but he's just... he's Every front office's dream in terms of marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, in every aspect of the game. I mean, he's in so many he brings, commercials. Yeah, he, he's got... He's making New Balance cool, for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah? 
Uh, well, his, nick- his nickname's Mr. Smile. Yeah, like he, he's so easy to market to people. I swear, you go to a try game, at least 80% of jerseys have Lindor in the back of them. Either that or Ramirez at this point. He's just a very lovable guy. And like I was saying before, that sells tickets, that sells jerseys. That's that's income that is brought in that is more than just wins and losses. I mean, he is he is what Jeter was before he became Jeter. Wow, that's because a of, hell of a well, statement. When it comes to marketability. Yeah, so no, remember, no, 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 no. Jeter was charismatic, made the made the charismatic plays, lovable guy, had the had the face that you could love, that you could, you know, everyone could resonate with. He is Jeter before he became like superstar Jeter. Mm-hmm. He was marketable Jeter first. I'm just trying to figure out because there's all kinds of different factors that can go into whether the Dolans would consider the numbers we're talking about. And a lot of it has to do with this pitching rotation that's making pretty decent money right now. Um, you could be talking about guys like Trevor Bauer being off the books, Corey Kluber being off the books. Um, Carrasco will still be around, but he's on a pretty good value yeah. right now. And I just looked at this the other day. Can people realize how much of a deal Jose Ramirez's contract is? Not only is it four years, $26 million, there's two years added on to that for club options. That is beautiful. Yeah, they have control of him until, I believe, 2023 or 2024, something like that, on just a hell of a deal for the team. They got, him, they got him, I, I believe it was, was it after, was it 2017, going into 2017, or going into last year? But they got uh, him as he was starting to ascend. I think it was going into 2017. I he's think it might getting, have been going in the last he's year. He's just getting robbed. That's all it is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Four, four for 26? That's ridiculous. He's getting robbed. Unbelievable. It Bundy. Was, it was going into 2017. Good call. Bundy, it is your time. Coming up next in segment three, it is the return of Take Quakes. <laughs> I have waited all week for this segment because I know Bundy's going to bring the fire. And Zach, you always do too. But this is really where Sal kind of stands out this next segment. I have no problem bowing down to Bundy on takes. (laughs) We had one last week talking about Antonio Brown and is he worth the risk and whatnot. We got pretty heated in that debate. So I cannot wait to see what you have coming to the table today because it is surely to be a tough one. Um, Listen, we got a good one already. I'm talking about speaking of AB. Oh, get, is that is that gonna be on yours? I got an AB one too. I mean, he's kind of gone since the, we talked like what two weeks ago about this. Big since checks. those two weeks, he's uh, uh. Hold your take. Hold your take. Off the deep end a little bit. No, you're right. It is now time for take quakes. Bundy, I'll defer to you for the first one because hey. it seems like you got one right off the bat. Hey, listen. Well, you mentioned AB, so might as well go ahead and get out. I, I think AB's career is done. Whoa. <laughs> done. Call it over. Whoa. It's good. <laughs> this man went from saying offer Sheesh. a first round pick to his job being done. Sheesh. Listen, he's kind of way out there. Way out there now. I mean, weren't you just defending him two weeks ago? <laughs> I mean, he Am I was. Wrong? Because he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't saying all this, all this 
asinine situations he was talking about. Good vocabulary. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're saying in the last two weeks he went from first round to done. I mean, I still think he's worth the first. He's still worth like first round talent, like, as a talent wise. But his ego and everything else that comes with it isn't worth the baggage. That does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. he's a first round talent for sure. But his ego, what he's saying is kind of, you know, there's one thing to kind of sit out and be like. I want to get traded because I'm not being treated right, whatever. That's one thing. But then to come out and act like a ignoramus. Be yeah, be like careful. Act like an ignoramus. You, you, can't, you can't do that. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. So he's done. He's just I, done. I don't done. think he's done. He, said, he literally said, I don't really need football. You're right. No, and I saw the interview. I totally get what you're saying. But this is just a thing. He's so talented that someone will cave. Someone that's dying for a wide receiver will cave to his demands. And because have there's a head case. Think about it. Case. There's a head coach in Oakland right now that will do anything it takes to get what he wants. I would not be surprised. And I heard he's one of the three teams interested in AB with uh, also the Titans are involved. And... Maybe Jacksonville? I can't remember. Don't hold me to that third yeah, team. You can see the old old guy over there, John, Jay Gruden, John Gruden, trying to get involved with the t- I was about to say, those are two completely different people. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. They're close enough. All well, right. not necessarily, but okay. I'll go. My Quake take is more Brown-centric because I know the whole Browns community is so excited for the thought of DK Metcalf and what he could bring, and oh, he should be the first receiver off the board. My quake take involving him is, I, I'm not necessarily going to say he's going to be a bust, but he will not put anywhere near top four-round talent. Hey, who's the guy the Who's the guy from uh, the Bears? 2015. Kevin White? Oh, he's, he's still going to be a first-round pick next year. <laughs> number, <laughs> number seven overall, Kevin White is supposed to wow you at the NFL Combine. That's the thing, though. And it, there's these numbers that are, everybody's pointing to. is His straight-line speed and his straight-line ability and his power, unbelievable. But once you make him change a direction, like his three-cone and his shuttle, and he was, like, inside of the bottom five percentile at the combine. You were in a 3-3... Three, three, was it a 3-3-3-40, Bundy? Was that right? 4-3-3. 4-3-3, Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, with that kind of speed, though, you can just run straight. You know you who think- else had that kind of speed and was taken in the first round of the draft? Kevin White. Corey Coleman. Well, that was a different situation. No, there, there really isn't a different situation. They're one-trick ponies, and we saw it. If you watch the tape on DK Metcalf, he does have the ability. There's no denying it, but his route ru- how his route running sucks. Like, it is bad. His route running's terrible, he is. He can't get. I mean, he can get speed separation, but he can't get. I don't know how the best way to put it. He can't. He's not wiggle. Quick. He can't. He's w- not quick. He's fast. He's fast. Yes. Run straight, catch ball. Okay, but that's the same exact thing everybody was saying about Corey Coleman. That's well, why it's my well, takeaway. Well, Corey Coleman's proven that he can't catch the ball. Here's my other takeaway. He wasn't even top three on his own team at Ole Miss in terms of wide receivers. Take that. I do not take know, that. I do not know enough about Ole Miss. AJ football. Brown. Yeah. Demarcus Lodge, yeah. and then I would even say the tight end, uh, Dawson Knox. Mm, okay, maybe. I believe there's one other name you could have gone with. Can't think of it off the top of my head, but yeah, no, yeah. 
when he was healthy, then again, he lost a lot of games due to injuries. He lost the end of his, what was his junior year? Uh, he had a pretty serious injury after the Alabama game and never came back. And the team suffered because of it. But still, at the same time, when he was healthy, AJ Brown was still the lead guy there. Like he was, he was still outperforming him. While it was pretty close, it's not like there was this big separation. Everybody falls in love with the Under Armour Olympics. That's there's no denying that. But all I'm saying is, is that whoever's taking him in the first round is going to be very, very sorry. Fair enough. Then with my my first take, I will be going along with Bundy's line of thinking. Just talking about AB here, and it also involves his his counterpart, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell will not sign with the team until AB's been traded. And then Le'Veon will then sign with said team. Well, that's a really weird one. So let's think about the teams that are in the mix right now. I don't see that with Tennessee. I could see that with Oakland, but Oakland, I don't know what their cap space is looking like. I, I think they might be in the top 10 of most available cap space, which if that's the case, they could probably pull it off. But I don't see it being very likely. And what is, um, what's Miami's running situation? Miami's got a really funny one. So I believe they're going to bring back Frank Gore. They'll also have Kenyon Drake. And then they were, one more they, were they were playing with in the big, you know, talent, talented Mr. Roto. Matthew Berry was really big on Kalen Balage, the rookie, or he was a rookie out of Arizona State who got a lot of run late in the year. Um, it's a pretty crowded backfield, but I mean, it's a, it's a type of backfield that if Le'Veon came, he would take it over immediately. Bundy, did you say you had one? Yeah. Let's go. Phillies finish. Oh, here we go. Fourth or fifth in division this year. <laughs> Wait, you're you're implying that they would finish behind the Marlins? Behind the Braves. It'd be a miracle if they finished fifth, but I see them be behind the Braves. Yikes. I disagree with that on Listen, every Mets, single level. Mets, Braves, Nats. Oh, hold, hold on. Are, is that your order? Yeah. Oh, Woo-wee. because we talked about this. Yeah, I know. We talked I know. about this I, on I our takeaways. I know. I said, I know. I I know. said Mets. I know. And you laughed at I me. I did. I did. I did. You're right. <laughs> now you're changing course on hey, me. Yeah, I watched him. I listen. Spring training. I watched them. You're pitch falling them. in love with Brandon Nimmo, aren't you? Hey, I Nimmo, <laughs> Conforto. Watch him pitch a little bit. Hey, they got a couple good arms now. Yeah, it's yes, they've when always you, when you have good pitching, you win ball they games. They had a decent starting rotation. No, they, it's just whether they could be consistent. Zach Wheeler. Um, you got three real guys. Yeah, three legit guys. Wheeler, Syndergaard, Degrom. That's a hell of a starting. Now top they got, three. But, now, but now, now they have pitching. They also got some bullpen guys too. They can come out. Sure. Now they can't really hit yet. But we'll see how that works out, you know, because you can pitch your way to win win ball games. If you can pitch a two three run ball game, and you can just bat in three to four runs. You got to hit eight ten ten runs. So repeat your lineup for the NL East. Or what your prediction is is what you're going with. So I'm gonna go with Mets, Braves, Nats, Phillies, Marlins. Man, I don't. If the Nats can add Kimbrel, which is what the rumblings are, that they're they're in on him and they're progressing with. Uh, talks about a deal if they can get him I think that could change my outlook on it a lot but until then I have Nats at fourth I just I, I can't get behind third, it third third it gotta be third I can't get behind that 
I, I am with you, Bundy. And Braves, Braves, two. I've got Mets, Phillies, Braves, and then that. Braves are prime for a hell of a year. Yeah, which is why uh, they'll finish. Out, in, which is why they'll finish in second. They'll finish second, behind the old Mets. <laughs> Crazy, I know. I I didn't. Th- I didn't think. I, Here's I didn't the thing: think is, I I think the take with the Mets though is the more crazy one, and I actually agree with you on. I didn't think until like, I watched him pitch. If you're thinking about it, they almost don't even come off the pages like the most complete team. Gotta watch the tape. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gotta watch the tape. Then again, uh, you're also overanalyzing the aspect of spring training. I mean, I am, but also, you know, I'm looking at not just their not just their their results, but I'm watching them actually pitch. And you can kind of tell a pitcher in a pitcher. You know, you can tell when someone got can actually throw the ball and has some confidence. You know, and he's got, you know, he's got some some swagger to him. And these guys are throwing well. If, if their sliders are sliding, curveballs are curving. Well, fastball is not straight. Firm right now, and to be firm right now, besides, I mean, to be firm ten days in the spring training like they are, that's impressive. It's gonna be a good year for the old Mets. Pinky bet. No, not that good a year. Oh, okay. Mine, my next one is Bryce Harper does not live out more than 75% of his contract. So you're saying In some way, shape, or form, he will not be on that team. Oh, just on the team. Well, I mean, he's going to get paid regardless. It's all all guaranteed, but... Well, right. No, but you're saying he will be out of baseball or on another team? I'm just more so saying he won't be on the Phillies for the full entire 13. Oh, no, I I would agree with that. I'll sit around... I'll go with eight. Eight or less. Eight or less years. No, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Then also, too, it's just the argument of, okay. Here's the, here's the only way I think it doesn't go that way is if he has this type of Joey Votto effect where he might go stagnant late or middle to second half of that deal and then kind of have a revamp year and then start to regress towards the end of it as he finishes it out. But 13 years, man, that's just that's so long. That's a long, long time. Hell, I might be married and have kids in 13 years. <laughs> I mean, what, he'd be 39 if he lives out the entire contract with the Phillies. Yeah, that's that's just stupid. Life. For a guy that has that type of bat where it's just power and it's not a lot of average. And I know his career average has actually been pretty well. I think he's around 268, 270. That sounds about right. You talking about roids over there? Hey. It would help him out. You never know. Well, no, it would help him out. It'd help out everybody. But I mean, I'm not saying, hey, listen, I'm not saying Bryce ever did steroids. But I'm saying if it came down to it, he's 36, 37, the thought could cross his head. Well, are you saying, well, what what would be the, what would you gain at that? Like, you're already getting paid. And by that point, you've already had a long career. To me, to me, it wouldn't make sense for you to use steroids at that point, at all. We're but, entering a, a really weird wormhole. That's not really the way yeah, I thought about it. There. What I'm trying to say is that at his age, and he's pretty young, he's established himself as the power hitter with a high K rate and also a high uh, fly ball rate. And so a he, high hair rate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he hit he hit what like 249 this past year. It, Lower. I could almost. I, was it lower? Yeah, it was like two thirty. Oh my goodness! I mean, that was two forty nine, twenty eighteen. Yeah, Bryce Harper. That was two forty nine. See, I check. I fact check. Okay, 
I don't know what what set you're looking at. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, but no, he's establishing himself that those type of guys when they get older, if they don't perform like a Nelson Cruz where they're hitting 40 home runs in a season, they start to taper off, kind of like an Adam Dunn. You know what I mean? So yeah, later in that yeah. long contract, I could almost see him turning into an Adam Dunn late in his career. And that sounds asinine to talk about in 2018. But yeah. g- let's wait until 2025 and see how that turns out. Let's see how it goes. I mm, 13 years is a long time. Long time for baseball. For anything. <laughs> any, <laughs> I mean, any sport, you sign anyone to a 13-year deal, that's, that's a lot. That's why I'm not necessarily a fan of them. I mean, I, I would prefer my team... And I know the Indians, really the only way they would do it is the way I'm thinking is, you know, in between the six to eight year gap. Yeah, no, I, and to me. But make it an incentive for them to sign like opt outs and. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, Any, Bundy, that's pretty light on the takes for you today. You got anything else? Listen, Blue Jays going to make the bubble, going to make the tournament. No one gives a crap. All right, about basketball. Hey, basketball listen, season, I'm being honest. College basketball is over until March Madness. Starts. All right, I, hey, 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 get out there, calm down. Any more takes for us? Let's see if we can think of something real quick. I, I know you're pretty good on your toes with it. You got any more takes over there? Honestly, it, oh, it, I got one. Okay. The old old Jim Dorsey looking you to mean make John Dorsey? John Dorsey. Okay, looking to make a trade to the Giants. Not happening. Looking to get Odell. Not happening. Looking to get Odell, boys. Hey, Odell will be a Brown by the middle of the season this year. There is way too much money on that for. There's, there's no way. I don't, I don't see how the Giants could handle that. I saw Dorsey. They were talking. Hey, that they're, doesn't hey, mean they're getting anything. friendly. They're you, getting friendly. You personally saw? Come them? on, man. That's they were reaching. Getting hey, they were getting friendly. Best. Talking about maybe how we can get. How the Browns can can come up with Odell Beckham. Let's just play on our heads. In a scenario where the Browns somehow got Odell, would it be a good for the Browns? Would it be good? Yeah, obviously yes. it'd be good. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know where he's you're trying to go e- with that. He's got an ego problem, though. He's got oh, an ego. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. What's the worst he's going to do? Kick down a kicking net? Like, well, I'm fine with that. Well, hell, we we know our kickers can't hit the net. So. <laughs> right. Which is actually, we could talk about later, is that they're actually thinking about adding a kicker in free agency. I'm not against it. And here's the weird thing is, here's a Cody take. Parker? Here's, this is no. Stop. No. This isn't a take that I personally have, but it's a, what a lot of Browns fans in general have. It doesn't matter what year it is. It could be 2020, 2025, 2060, and they're going to be asking for Phil Dawson. It doesn't matter. Yes. Phil Dawson played... 10 games this past year and honestly he was well he was active in 10 games I don't even think he really did anything he's 43 he's stop stop <laughs> so is Adam but he still plays okay Adam's actually decent Phil's done let's see he was Phil Dawson last year he was 2 for 2 on 20 to 29 yarders 2 for 2 on 30 to 39 and he was one for three on 40 plus. That's a really low attempt list there. Yeah. That, that's staggering. That's. Well, you get old, your bones hurt. <laughs> I guess, it's, but I mean. It's hard to trot it out. That's there. the thing, though. If, I mean, if you're a team that's up and coming and you're depending on a kicker like that, that's not even putting any 
that many reps in in a season, I don't know if I would feel comfortable with it. I mean, my my only point is is that the, the Browns fans got to get over this nostalgia of old players coming back and producing for them when it's obviously they're over the hill at their <laughs> position. I mean, come on. Yes, I know we love Phil, but I mean. Well, you can go along with that line of thought, too, and bring back uh, Josh Cribbs. Oh God! I mean, can he can he even move after all the crap he went through? I don't know. I just remember uh, a few years in time where Phil Dawson and Josh Cribbs were our was the Browns special teams is where we thrived because our offense couldn't move the ball and our defense couldn't stop anything. You're also forgetting a very big name in that group. Zestadil? No, he's a returner though. You're getting close. Uh, who? I'm thinking Dennis Northcutt. Oh, that name. <laughs> you have to make the most random returner that really that's all he did was just he, he was a good returner and I honestly can't remember him much as a receiver. No, I, I would agree with that for sure. All right. So when we come back, we will wrap up the show talking about one specific player in this draft. He might not fall to the Browns at 17, but boy, sure. If he were to be picked by the Browns, he would be one happy camper. It was about time we started to touch on the Browns in this episode. It's it's just that time of year until you get closer to the draft. It's all baseball-centric in the city. But I want to focus on the de- defensive side of the ball because there's a lot going around in terms of talks from the Combine, from possible trade rumors. And there's one guy right off the bat. I teased it going into this segment. There's a guy that would be a happy camper if he joined the Browns in this draft. Who am I talking about? Well, I have the information for you. So, Trevor Sikema at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. He was at the Combine. He got a quote from this guy, Ed Oliver. Defensive tackle, defensive lineman from Houston. Depending on his size, he could move all over the line. Uh, Ed Oliver on potentially playing in Cleveland. Quote, me and Miles Garrett, there you go. Get a little one-two punch in there. Love it. I love that. Could you imagine pairing those two guys together and sticking Agba and Larry Ogunjobi on the other side and putting that as your front four? Ooh. Ooh. Your front four. And I know, Bundy, you have been a big proponent of Ed Oliver in this whole process. You have him going pretty early in our little mock draft we did. If Oliver lasts to the 16th, 17th pick, that would be a travesty. And you know what? The whole narrative behind that would be his quote, like we were talking about with Antonio Brown, his attitude problem, the whole coat gate that he had on the sideline with former head coach of Houston, Major Applewhite, where he was sitting out the game for, I can't remember what injury it was, but uh, the rule under Applewhite was is if you were playing, you had the right to the coats on the sideline during late in the season. If you didn't, no coat for you. Well, Oliver was cold. He was wearing a, a simple track suit, and then there was an extra coat. He just put it on. No one else was trying to get the coat, and Applewhite lost it, went and found him on the sideline, told him to take it off, and as they were walking off the field at halftime, there was just a big argument, and it was public, and everybody saw it, and that's where the question started, is is he a quality teammate, is he, uh, does he have attitude problems, and it's unfair to put that on him, because I don't think that was fair, but it goes also goes along the lines of people, a lot of people, especially who scout him, thought he took a lot of plays off in college. 
And for a guy that's as talented as he was, he was a five-star kid out of Texas, decided to go to Houston because of Tom Herman when he was there. He was a great recruiter, got him to come in. And it, it's this, this idea that his personality is, is I'm so good, I can take a break. Um, I don't want to out this person, but he kind of has a reputation of the guy we played with that I don't want to bring up. But there, there's situations where players feel like they can take a break and it won't dramatically affect a game. Now, I don't think that's fair to put into this conversation with Oliver, but just for the on-the-field aspect, what would it mean to add this guy to a mix that was, quite honestly, this defense, while it has talent, didn't perform to the level it should have? I think it drastically increases the potential of this defense. Drastically. Like, we obviously, statistically, the Browns had one of the worst defenses in the league. I know we talked about that in previous episodes. But I think this would definitely put us in the middle to top-tier defense, I think, as long as he is as good as everyone thinks that he is. And so long as he doesn't, like, take plays off. Because to me, doing that, that's just a sign of laziness. That's a big red flag to me. We saw that a little bit last year with Jamie Collins or some plays where you just kind of you looked at him and you're like, well, did you really try your hardest on that one? So, I mean, it, to me, that's like the biggest red flag. I put more – I'm a little more concerned with the taking plays off more so than the the Coatgate scenario just because – Right. I mean, when you're young, you get emotional, things happen. Here's another thing that people could think about, and we already have an undersized – defensive tackle in Ogunjobi. That's clear as day. Uh, one of the concerns with Oliver going into this draft process is he tends to be undersized for the defensive tackle position. Would you feel comfortable with two undersized guys in that middle? Or would would that kind of concern you? I mean, it's not that big of a concern. It's just going to, honestly, it's just, and there's no way of knowing this before the draft. It's just going to be a matter of seeing how they actually perform against NFL caliber linemen. And there's no like playing at Houston. You're not you don't you're not going against the best offensive line, playing in the American Conference. So like it's it's hard to tell. So I think it's it just honestly relies on how much do you trust your your scouting, and how much do you believe in in their abilities to figure out whether or not he is capable of performing on a on the NFL level. There's a lot of defensive players that the Browns can go with, and I I honestly believe. This first round pick, as much as I would love a receiver there, this defensive class is so talented that I, I feel like you can get the plug and play and star studded guy at this 17th pick if you just go the right direction with it. Uh, there's rumors that Devin White could fall there, which I don't believe at all. I don't believe he would slip past the top 15, but if there's a possibility, a guy like that would be perfect to put in the middle of your defense at linebacker. Uh, at cornerback, you're talking about guys like DeAndre Baker from Georgia and Greedy Williams from LSU. Two top-end guys in normal drafts, they're going in the top 10. I mean, these type of guys, that right. they're that type of talent. That's how deep it is. So I don't think you can go wrong with 17 unless if it just busts and, you know, it happens, unfortunately. Right. But I don't think there's a pick that they can make on that first night and Browns fans are going to be sitting there, well, what in the world were they thinking? If they go defensive. If they go receiver, I think there is some part of the fan base that would be questioning if they're getting the right value for that number 17 pick. If they could have just traded back and got somebody else 
Yeah, no, I honestly, I'm fine with whatever direction we go with Dorsey making the calls. It was a little, I wanted to have that same faith in him going into last year's draft. I, he, Dorsey started off on the right foot for me when his first action as GM was cutting Kenny Brett. So I <laughs> our, mean, our favorite. So, I mean, honestly, with that move, he earned a little bit of my trust. So, and obviously last year we hit two home runs in the first round. So, I mean, I am 100% fine with whatever direction he goes because I have so much faith in Dorsey. Trust the process. Trust Dorsey. I do. But let's be honest here. Your defense is trash. Yes, we know this. Now, but now, on the other hand, your receiving core is lacking depth. You have two good receivers. Here's my thing, though. So the is question I, is, I, can you get a receiver in the back end? You could. I'm, uh, there's a lot of these really good receivers that are back end first, early to mid second, and that kind of puts a strain on the Browns if they wanted to wait because their second-round pick, I believe, is also at the 17th spot or somewhere in that, that range where it's kind of on the edge. You're missing out on guys like Nikhil Harry or Hakeem Butler, or not Hakeem Butler, uh, I can't remember his last name. It might be Butler. Hakeem Butler. Question is... From Iowa State. There's also yeah, yeah, Man- yeah. Emmanuel Butler. There's also Riley Ridley from Georgia. Uh, fill in the blank. There's a lot of good guys in that, that core area of the draft that would be really good to pick up. But I just... I feel like you would be forcing it if you go with a receiver at, at 17. See, because you trade could back. trade back. Trade back. Yes, get a good one. yes. Yeah. What do you trade up? Trade up for what? Get a, trade up for what? No, I, as Colin was saying earlier, there's so much depth. I don't think that there's necessarily a need to trade up. And I, I think it's just kind of see what falls to you at 17. If you don't like what's there, then you can trade back a little bit, get a draft for next year, or get a draft pick for next year. Here's another thing, though. There's there's these guys, and it, there's no denying it. People don't want to believe in it, but the Under Armour Olympics does raise players. Stock like it's going to happen with DK Metcalf as much as his on the field production says otherwise, he could easily be a top ten guy. So I I could see Buffalo see, sitting there in the top ten, taking him, while I had them taking TJ Hawkinson from Iowa the tight end. That's a place where he could go. Um, another name is Montez Sweat, the defensive end from Mississippi State. I think he ran like a four four one today or something ungodly yeah, yeah. like. Teams are going to be salivating over that, and that's a guy that was proje- projected to be in the range for the Browns pick. He moves up. You start sliding these names down the board, and then you also have to think of positions like quarterback. You know, there's talks that there could be three quarterbacks taken within the top 14 picks. That's just going to slide all that defensive talent down the board, and the Browns are going to be sitting there with guys they never expected to ever show up to them at number 17. And again, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I trust Dorsey with all of this with all the power that he has, I trust him with all of it because there's so many, there's a lot of good options and there are going to be really good players sitting to you at 17. And like I said, if you don't like those options, you can always just trade back and then get another draft pick for next year. And one more football thing to touch on. There's just speculation surrounding Justin Houston, the linebacker out of Kansas city, uh, obviously has connections to John Dorsey, but is somebody that the Chiefs are going to try to expend here in the offseason. He's a guy, He's an edge rusher. He's an outside guy. Would be perfect to put on the edges. I don't know necessarily in a 4-3, but 
But nonetheless, he, he's a talent, and you have the cap space. This is just a name they're throwing out there. But uh, I don't know. Would it be worth the risk is the way to put it? I mean, I think it all just depends on what exactly you would be paying him. Because I think the the amount of production that he has, will what you're expecting out of him, I think, was just going to vary on how much you're actually paying him. Sure. So, I mean, if you if you sign him to a, a lower-end contract, then I that obviously lowers the bar for what you're expecting of him. But if he if you sign him to a bigger or a uh, a bigger bigger term contract, then I'd obviously be expecting a lot more out of him. It's gonna be interesting to see how they use their cap space because there's guys on a lot of people's list like Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle out of Atlanta, um, who they're struggling with contract talks between Atlanta and Jarrett and his agent. Uh, that's a candidate for the franchise tag. So there's some guys on the top of the list for a lot of people that are just going to start going away and away. This could be, I'm not saying like a plan A, but this could be like a plan B, plan C type of option. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. I mean, Dorsey does like guys that you bring in, guys that you know, you tend to like a little bit more. And so you could pick them up, um, test it out. I don't know if it's a surefire thing, but it's definitely an option at least. All right, it is officially that time of the week. Yeah, baby, what is what is you doing, baby? They got a basketball court, Dan. We're not po- no, Dan. Dan, you was oh my god, baby. <sighs> Dan, baby, where is you going, baby? Who, what is you doing back there, baby? All over the place, baby. Well, you gonna follow my home? Dan, baby, what is you doing, baby? Dan, baby, no, Dan, come on, Dan, you can't be touching everything, baby. Lord, baby, they all over the place. All right, Zach, so it sounds like you want to start off for us, so the floor is yours. All right, for my first story, I'm going to the great state of New York, where a man allegedly faked his own kidnapping to get out of a Super Bowl pool playout. Kind of sounds like one person we know. Now, Bundy would never do something like this. (laughs) So the story goes, the state police say a Western New York man faked his own abduction and robbery because he was short of cash owed in a Super Bowl pool. So this was a uh, one of those Super Bowl squares games everyone knows where you, uh, you pay in money, you get randomly assigned a square, and then you get payouts depending on how the end of quarter, half, and game ends. Sure. So he is a 60-year-old man named Robert Brandle of North Tonawanda. My guy. He was found tied up in his pickup truck Monday in a parking lot 30 miles north of Buffalo. I'm not sure the the geography of New York, so I don't know if this is close to his hometown or how exactly that goes. <laughs> but regardless, Brandel told troopers two men involved in his Super Bowl squares robbed him of $16,000, drove him around for two days, and left him tied up in his pickup. And then investigators then determined that he entered fake names in his $50,000 squares pool, hoping to take most of the winnings, but he ended up short on the payouts. He's then charged with fraud and falsely reporting an incident. I'm not entirely sure what exactly he was trying to gain out of being abducted and robbed. Like, is this just his excuse for not paying? Or I, I guess that would be, that's the only thing I can think of. Here's my better question is what part of this whole thing is fraud? Like the actual legal term fraud. Can they actually hold you contempt of not paying out like a bet that's not like an official casino or whatever? Well, is gambling legal in New York? Uh, I know it is in New Jersey. Sports betting at least is. Okay. I don't know if it goes into New York, though. Okay, because that's the only thing I think of. If it is legal, then that would... I feel like then you would have to uphold your end of the bet, so then therefore putting in fake names would then 
lead to fraud. Fraud could also be a fraudulent attempt to the kidnapping could be fraud. Here's our people's lawyer over here, Bundy. <laughs> please give us a rolling. No. <laughs> could be fraud for the uh, so the kidnapping, the kidnapping, the fake kidnapping, leading the, leading the cops on a, on a situation that could be so I think that, fraud. I think that falls under the umbrella of falsely reporting an incident. Yeah, I mean that's also one too. So I guess also fraud could be under saying you have the money you don't have. Fair enough. All right, Bundy, you're up. All right, going across the pond here for this one. You've done this before. Love going across the pond. More tutter? Not tutter, <laughs> not tutter. Uh, Norwegian's best bridge player. For all you don't know who bridge is a is a card game. Was banned for one year. Get this. For doping charges. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I gotta do those cars just right. <laughs> Apparently he was he was uh, tested positive for two banned substances according to the Olympics, the Olympic whatever, and because bridge is an, technically under the Olympic is an Olympic sport. What? Let me let me get let me. I get did it not for know you. that. Let me get it for you. Let me get it for you. Wow, that is news to me. Uh, let me get it for you. One second. Way to be prepared. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> hey, he said he had two stories. So it's rec so the World Bridge Federation is recognized by the International Olympic Committee and must follow World Anti-Doping Agency rules. That is amazing. Like, what advantage you? I mean, maybe Adderall is that I something mean, that would be outlawed? Potentially, that like heightens your. Well, I, mean, I don't know, whatever. I mean, for all we know, this guy is just like a powerlifter, and he also just happens to do bridge, so he's trying to. Get better at his whatever his personal hobby is, and just happen uh, to carry. Have it. you seen Tested a photo positive? of this dude? No, I've, I've no, actually I, seen it. It's no, um, not. go ahead and look up after the show. It's uh, he's, he's, he's no <laughs> bodybuilder. Go ahead. Tested positive for synthetic testosterone and a female fertility drug at a competition last year. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I have no idea what you gain by that. I don't know either. Like I know nothing about bridge, it says but I that, can't imagine. It says the president of the Norwegian Bridge Federation said the drugs were not performance enhancing. Then what in the world is the problem here? Yeah, I don't know. What is going on? Oh my gosh. I would be so <laughs> mad. Um, all right. My first one. We're going to take this thing down to Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, go so, Huntsville. <laughs> two arrested in bra buffet brawl over some crab legs. Uh, I heard about this situation. Alabama, Alabama police say a dispute over crab legs at a dinner buffet ended in a brawl that left two people facing misdemeanor charges. Huntsville police officer Gerald Johnson says he may be, have been eating, says he was eating at the Meteor Buffet restaurant when this fight broke out. So, okay, you can't say you didn't do it now. You got caught red-handed. Uh, Johnson tells said TV station that the diners are using service tongs as fencing swords and the plates were shattering, and a woman was beating a man. Johnson says diners had been waiting in line. Diners, as in the people trying to eat there, were waiting in line for crab legs for more than 10 minutes, and they lost their tempers once the food came out. Uh, Chiquita Jenkins is one of the people getting charged with assaulting John Chapman, who suffered a cut on his head. Chapman is charged with disorderly contact. So no, not only did you get your ass whipped, <laughs> but you're getting charged with disorderly conduct. Oh, it looks nice. So let's go, let's get into it. The meal the meal at the restaurant I heard costs about ten sixty five for all you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to add on an extra three hundred fifty dollars for your court costs. 
You can go out to the local grocery store and pick up some crab legs, buy some butter, boil them up, a little bit of garlic, all for about 35 bucks. So about 10% of what you buy to spend on court costs, all because you couldn't wait and get your greedy hands away from that hot plate of crab legs. Crab legs. Stay classy, Alabama. <laughs> mm. Zach, number two, right? Yes, number oh. two. So headline for this article is, Man trapped in snow for five days said he survived on taco sauce packets. This goes out to the great state of Oregon, where he may have a good argument for not cleaning out your car. So this guy, Jeremy Taylor, told authorities that him and his dog survived by eating packets of taco sauce as they were trapped in snow in his vehicle for five days. So he was driving around one day, got snowed in, got stuck. He tried to walk home the next day. Too snowy, so he stayed in his car, turning his car on and off every now and again just to stay warm. And then him and his dog would eat Taco Bell fire sauce packets. When asked about this on Facebook, he then responded, Taco Bell fire sauce saves lives. That's impressive. That's impressive. I did hear about a, a train, an Amtrak, getting stuck out there in Oregon for 24 hours, too. So it must have some pretty bad snow out there in Oregon. <laughs> uh, hopefully they can come up from that. Get some get some nice sunlight over there, melt some of that snow. But that's impressive. That's a great great guy. Guy should get free Taco Bell for forever. Honestly, honestly, He's yeah, you great should. marketing tool. Great yeah. marketing tool. I mean, I know next time I go to Taco Bell, I'm loading up on sauce packets. Yeah, you in never case know. I get might, you never know when you might need some. Exactly, buddy. You got a second one? Of course, I came prepared. First time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so I'm going back across the pond. Man finds. Two years, so let me give you some context. This man had been dealing with the stuff he knows for the past two years. Okay. Couldn't get any relief. Finally, after two years of having the stuff he knows, he goes out to the old doctor, get checked out. I'm going to give you all two guesses. What, is, what do they find up there in that nose? Uh, I'm going to guess like some little plastic piece of like a toy. Nope. You got to guess? Go with a, uh, a crayon. Nope. Any more guesses? Take it away, Bundy. He found a tooth growing in his nostril. Ooh. A what? He found a tooth in the man's nostrils. Yikes. Like his own tooth, I'm assuming. Like it was Doctors, growing? So a man in Denmark has finally got relief from years of unexplained blocked nose when doctors discovered a tooth inside his nostril. Oh my god. Doctors were shocked to find the rare condition in the 59-year-old who had been complaining of nasal congestion problems, discharge, and loss of sense of smell for two years. The individual has suffered... Facial trauma when had suffered facial trauma when he was young, and had left him with a with a fracture to his jaw and nose. But doctors said there was no evidence to suggest repositioning following the incident was connected to the nasal growth and condition. Uh, blah blah blah. So basically, they got his uh they got his nose out with the ENT, came in and did some surgery, get the, get the uh, tooth out of his nose, and now he's got some relief. That, how do you go two years? Something. It's like, only happened in 23 patients since 19 or since 1959. How do you not get fed up well, and go see a doctor after like a month or two of not being able to? Oh, that, having, a month is a lot. I'm two weeks and I'm in the doctor's office. Like, well, that is loss of smell for two years. Yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. Apparently, it could have came from a cyst. Um, <laughs> I don't care what so, it comes I mean, it from. Came, so it has, it has to do with the trauma he suffered when he was a kid that then causes, now it's 50 years later probably, 
I mean, I don't even care what cost it. How do you, issue. How do you go two years? Uh, <laughs> That's I'm insane. just saying. You didn't feel it when you kind of touched your nose? You know, you touched it? You didn't feel kind of a something there? Right, right. I mean, you know where your nose bone ends. Yeah. You didn't feel like... What in the Sam Hill is that? <laughs> this, is your, this is your classic case of a guy that never goes to the doctor. He's like, nah, I feel fine. Yeah, I can tell he's probably some kind of hard ass. All right, so to wrap up my second story and this show, prosecutor says man did illegal dental work in a Michigan basement. We're taking this one up to Clinton Township up in that stinky state. So authorities say a man originally from Europe illegally practiced dentistry in the basement of his suburban Detroit home and allegedly used his church to get referrals. Bundy, you should get in contact with this guy. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Wow, I am going to butcher this name. Leica Joki was arranged Friday in a Macomb County court on a charge of being an unlicensed dentist. The 55-year-old Clinton Township resident was held on a $5,000 bond, but prosecutors say he may have been overst- he may have overstayed his visa. So he's got a lot going on here. Um, the Albanian interpreter was on the phone to assist. Koji, what? Oh my goodness, this is so hard. Uh, defense attorney, so uh, John Doe says that the client is a legitimate dentist. Okay, what's the point? Um, but does doesn't know if he is licensed in Michigan. Well, no, duh. The authorities are saying you're not. Um, a search found a dentist chair, an X-ray machine, molds for teeth, and other items. Authorities say that the man told him he was seeing one or two patients a day. The felony is punishable by up to four years in prison. His next hearing is March 13th. There's a lot to unpack there, <laughs> but at least he's a real dentist. I guess. Uh, I mean, allegedly. he's not. <laughs> I mean, no, he's so apparently he's a real dentist who happened to be practicing medicine who came to the States and couldn't get licensed immediately. So he, go, he went to go, you know, find some work elsewhere. But at, so least, he's, he's, at least he's a real dentist. He's, he's, just, not, he's just Frankenstein and well, people remember, down in his remember basement. Remember last, last week we had an issue with the lady who was a fake pharmacist for 13 years, whatever. Maybe we need to set this dude up with the guy with the tooth in his nose. <laughs> Maybe. I just have so many questions. Like, what type of patients are he, is he bringing in that doesn't have their own outlet? And I don't know. That's just... I don't know if I would... Here's my thing. I'm super conservative in terms of how I operate my life, and I would never imagine going to somewhere in someone's basement to get dental stuff done. Yeah, but if you know him from church, you know him, you trust him, he's a good guy. You never know. Now, but, the difference is... You gotta go to I church didn't even to trust that. people to cut my hair when I was younger. Yeah, you got to church to get that kind of relationship now. <laughs> I'm not going down to anyone's basement. Jeez. <laughs> this, that, is, thing up. that is one hell of a way <laughs> to wrap up this show. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode six. We will be back next week with episode seven. Until then, stay beautiful and roll tribe. So get up.